0: All right, Bo. Well, we were in Catalonia this week in MotoGP. Now, Catalonia is right outside Barcelona, which is another place I'd like to go and watch a race. Mm-hmm. Um, but something things I did not know about Catalonia one is the grip level at Catalonia is so poor, it's below the standard that MotoGP sets. Oh, wow. So I did not know that. I didn't know that. And. No. I didn't know they would race there. But the, the circuit itself is so iconic that MotoGP just goes. And they just say, deal with it this weekend. <laughs> it was supposed to get repaved. Didn't they mention it was going to be repaved in the offseason? So that is the plan, I believe, right now. Uh, but I believe this has been a start-stop process. I believe this was supposed to happen before COVID. Mm. Um, so we'll see. It would be very interesting to see how far the times dropped if they repaved it. Right. So, we'll see. But either way, there was some great racing on Sunday. Uh, let's start with Moto3. You good with that? Uh, yeah, I don't think I have a choice. You don't because I'm running this show. So, Moto3, we saw Izan Guevara again uh, winning the race. David Munoz, a new young up-and-comer, finishing second. And Tatsuki Suzuki putting it up there for third. That's a great job for Suzuki. But Izan Guevara, my man is just, uh, I, I think he now, evidently he and Sergio Garcia are not really good friends. And that has evidently motivated him because since he did the round the outside pass, he has been really, really good. And uh, I, I'm I'm excited to see the future for this kid. What do you think? I'm right there
1: with you. Um, I I mean, the the Gas Gas team right now is those guys are just on a different level. But I do think that Sergio Garcia was lacking this weekend, obviously, you know, finishing off the podium. But uh, Guevara, Guevara was just even when the temperatures went up, I think in the afternoon practice sessions, Guevara was still head and shoulders above the rest of the field. Um, and that's yeah, kind of what I, I was expecting on Sunday, yeah. almost to see him run away with it. Yeah. All
0: weekend, he had pace that no one else could match.
1: Yeah, and and honestly, you know, fin- finishing this race almost two seconds clear of the second-place rider, that's still a pretty big gap for Moto2, or excuse me, Moto3.
0: Right. You're, you're right. I mean, it really is. But, I, I, you know, he's riding great. And yeah, I think yeah. he's a real contender for the championship. And Sergio Garcia is going to have to beat him Every week, just about from here on out, mm-hmm. to keep him from overtaking him in the championship. So in when the it's championship, it's hard to do that
1: when that yeah. when your opponent's got momentum.
0: Yeah, it really is. Momentum's a funny thing, but I but for me, the story of the weekend at Moto three was this kid, David Munoz. One hundred percent. No, I mean, my the, goodness, he looked amazing.
1: You know, David Salvador actually had a good ride until he got taken out too.
0: He really did. I so, I, and I, we'll talk about him. Um, I wanted to say about Munoz though. They mentioned that he's got the reputation as an aggressive rider, and that he, you know, there's a lot of people watching him, and he is an aggressive rider, unapologetically so. But he does not go out of control. He's aggressive, but he doesn't go out of control. I didn't see him getting to a Denison Chew level on a pass at any point, and uh, I was I was just really really impressed and. I hope he stays in the championship for the rest of the year. I think that's the plan, is it? Isn't it? Um I think I so because it is.
1: He, he was supposed to be the full time teammate of
0: Anna Carrasco anyway, but he was too young until now, right? Right, exactly. So that's so that's good. And and you mentioned Anna Carrasco, and you have said to me a couple of times, you don't know why she's there. Um and we talk about time deltas all the time. Anna Carrasco was almost a minute behind those guys in the race in a how many laps was it Uh um, 21. 21 laps mm-hmm. so more than two seconds a lap slower than izan quivera that's uh I, I i love that anna carrasco is getting her shot and she's the only she's female still, world champion yeah. that we've ever had at any level uh, at the world at the world on any class at the world level but i I think this is short lived. I don't think they're. Yeah, I mean, so she's still injured too. You
1: know, she's still she's still working through some injuries. And I I guess what I'll say is, I I fully believe her entry ticket was punched. You know, she earned that entry. She earned where she's at. Uh, I'm not questioning that whatsoever. She's not the only
0: one that's slow. She's not right, the only right, one. Right, right, right. So, yeah,
1: you know, I mean she she earned her way in. Now she has to earn her way to stay, I think. And and right now in this the season that she's having, I really don't see that. You know, with that being said, folks like you know, um you know Dennis Foggia crashed out, you know, and and David Salvador, Daniel Hoggato, but you know which those fellows were taken out I think by that was the Yamanaka crash um whenever yes. he lost the the uh, front end to turn 10, you know Jason uh, josh Watley crashes quite a bit you know and um don't talk you know, about
0: yamanaka's crashes we're not going to talk about them
1: um yeah so <laughs> you know i'm not saying you know she's completely throwing away that ride but you know i, I think that she is working through a difficult time right now and um, i think that some of the bike she's still getting used to the bike the bike's a lot lighter uh than the than ninja 400 is so it's a little bit more susceptible to wind
0: 300 uh, she rode a s uh, world super sport 300 right
1: well, she rode last year a four hundred though.
0: Oh, did she oh I, I thought she meant when she won a world championship. My bad. No, no,
1: no. All the way up until her the end of her supersport career. Well, yeah. the transition of her super sport career. She may go you know, obviously she may go back if she wants to, but
0: But let's talk about Suzuki, second podium in a row.
1: That dude looked like you shot his puppy on the podium. I don't know if you <laughs> caught his I don't know if you caught his 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 just facial expression while he was in uh, Park Ferme, but uh, not happy at all. Uh, I, I mean, honestly, Suzuki, you flew the flag for Leopard. You put it on the box for yeah, the second I race mean, in a row. You know, for the second race in a row, your teammate, who's so the championship hopeful, has not finished a race and you have put it on the podium. Hold your head high, man. Uh, I mean, yeah, this is where you should be finishing week in and week out, but now you are. So take that as momentum and continue yeah. forward. It, you know, it, it just. Don't don't be so doom and gloom, dude.
0: Yeah, I I think he just wanted to win. I but I don't yeah. think he really had a chance to beat Guevara. Right. I think Guevara's pace was just too high. I think he he it, all weekend it was too high. So listen, they all think they can win. They all think they want to win. Uh, no, they don't think they want to win. They do want to win. I just I I get it. But you're right. Like he finished the podium. It was a t- tough race. You beat you gained a little ground on the. Championship leader, great. Um, you did get beat by a seventeen or sixteen year old. Whoops, but, but you know that sixteen year old, seventeen year old might not even be close to you next race. He might be at the back of the pack. We don't know. Um, but I, I, what did you think? You said you know Sergio Garcia had a pretty tough weekend, a tough ride there. I mean, he just basically he was right there in the pack with you know for the podium, and it just didn't work out. Uh, what, did, what did you see that made you think Sergio was struggling in comparison to Guevara? I saw a lack of,
1: lack of Sergio Garcia aggression. You know, a lot of races that we see, you see the few, the last couple laps come down to Sergio Garcia keeps his powder dry and then just comes out swinging. And, and it's almost a quiet aggression that, you know, comes out. He's really poised. And to me, I, I saw really not, not much aggression at all. Um, and and that's why I just I didn't see any any kind of move any aggressive moves to get up where he was or where he wanted to be. Um, you know, he didn't get in the mix, he didn't get his elbows out. So to me it was just kind of a a moot ride just a little bit um into a, a fourth place, but it was just overshadowed essentially by Guevara because Guevara was the one that was hungry for this race win, I
0: think. I agree with you. I, I just I, I was surprised that he didn't wasn't super aggressive on the last couple of laps. I I well I more aggressive. Um but, you know, maybe he was struggling, rear grip, front grip, feeling in the front. Yeah, know, maybe. like you said, this is a low
1: grip track. So maybe yep. he just so he maybe. wasn't confident.
0: Yep. And he just wanted to bring it home because fourth is definitely better than no or DNF. So no uh, points yeah. at all.
1: And all that said, I mean all those guys those guys were covered with less than a second, you know, coming across the line. Yeah. Uh, so second, I mean, third and
0: fourth. Yeah, absolutely. They were, they were, they were really close, but, uh, or even, even less than a 10th of a second. You know? Yeah. 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 It was less than a 10th of the fifth was within a second of those guys. So, you know, but, uh, did you have anything else for Moto three?
1: Um, no, I really don't think so. Other than, you know, Jamo another, another missed opportunity for him. Uh, not really sure what's going on there. Hopefully he can get it figured back out again and, and, uh, come back out swinging, but, uh, um, honestly, another another call out I, I mentioned to uh, my wife, I'm waiting for the day that uh, that uh, Paolo Simoncelli just finally throws his hands up and say, you know what, I'm done. I'm not running any, any more teams because he's, I mean, Lorenzo Fallon this year to me is a huge letdown when he, he the speed that he looked like he might have had last year. Um and Ricardo Rossi looks great at the beginning of a race, but then just kind of fades as the race goes on. So hopefully Rossi can find some speed and, and more consistency and stay to the front because I would love to see that bike up on the podium and, and win again.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I that's think just we just all would. call out. Um Yeah, I, I, I'm 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 sure it's frustrating for that team. Um, but that's racing. And you know, I, I don't know why these guys some people fade you know whether it's tire management whether it's a conditioning issue i doubt it's conditioning at that level i I really have to believe it's tire management um and some of that's on the rider some of that's on the team with the settings and so it's a complicated issue but i'm sure for paulo he's had enough like let's how about a podium how about a top five on a consistent basis how you know what i mean so we'll see Maybe they can get it figured out, you know, going into summer break here soon, get it figured out, come back second half of the year much stronger. But Falon has been an absolute letdown. Um, I I don't know. And and that's, so, and I think that's the time we, I I would like to talk about this a little bit, actually. So you and I have talked a lot about the interviews, the post-race interviews with Petrucci and these riders. And I made the comment that I think, And the thing was, Suzuki plays into that. If he wins the race, he's going to be jubilant and ecstatic and just so excited. You know, the celebrations on the bike, you see the guys screaming, yelling, all the hard work's paid off. I've won. But I think that that celebration and the moping come from the same place. And it's the fragility of their ego. Oh, I'm not the best, or I am the best in the world. I'm the fastest man alive. No one can beat me. It's the same thing. It's just the polar opposite of it. But I feel like it comes from the same place. What do you think?
1: I can understand that. You know, you and I, we we talked about it. I I can understand where that comes from. But I do I do think that that um, it magnifies. I mean, it's a good word. You know, the fragility of it. It that it, that's exactly what it is. There's not. And and you know that being said, it has to be understood what these guys go through and the time the, you know the kind of training to, to to come through to come, to become the tip of the spear motorcycle rider in the world. Um, you know the, the pinnacle of motorcycle racing, where the where these kids and these and young men get to, and even the older generation, um, you know, where they have been, where they where they go to, they've gone through darkest spots in their life. You know, and and through racing series and injury and and really fought back a lot of through a lot of that pain and adversity. Um, so I, I don't want to say that they, you know, that, that is earned, but because I really don't, you know, in, in kind of, kind of the way that Petrucci, you know, how I kind of feel about Petrucci, um, that I feel like, you know, why are, you know, your attitude is letting you affect is letting it affect you, you know, and he's, he's coming across to me like a sore loser when he's, second on the podium and he's mad about it you know he's upset because he got passed um so I, i do think that there there's a a just a violent mood difference and 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 feeling uh depending on what that you know that finish might be but i do think that that's a little bit more indicative of you know possibly what the mental coaching um
0: could, right. be well, could be done, more could be done. And that's backside. what i You know, you look at Akihayao's
1: yeah. team, you know, you look at, you know, when Pedro Acosta wins, you know, how, how poised and he's just, okay, you know, ready to go to another one. Uh, you know, and, yeah. and he's just, yeah. you know, it's a maturity that, that these guys kind of go through, I think. And and even up to MotoGP, we see some of the, some immature riders as well.
0: Oh, 100%. No, I think that's part of the deal. F1 has immature people. Yes. Uh, MotoGP has No, that's GP a prerequisite to getting an F1. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You gotta be, the the need to win is so great that nothing else matters. Yes, and so I think what I want to touch on that because I want to say for Falon, it could be somewhat the bike, but it also could be a little bit mental. You're it's mm-hmm. not going yeah. well, you know, and 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 these guys, the great ones aren't fragile mentally, but there are plenty of fast, fast guys that are, and there's a very very fast guy in MotoGP that we think is mentally just a tissue paper, and that's you know Maverick Vinales. So I think you know, we'll see with Falon. it could be the bike, could be the team, could be his mental state. But I, I did want to mention that about the mental state because at this level, it is very pronounced to me how different it is. But you know, let's uh let's move on to Moto2. What do you right. say? Well, in Moto2. I was very upset because an American was out there by 48 seconds and decides to drive straight off the track and crash it. I mean, how selfish can you be? I, I He did it to me and me only. He did it <laughs> because I was watching, and he was like, you know what, that dude talked bad about me once on part and Turn 1. Watch this. You know what, Joe? You hurt my feelings, and I don't like it. I unsubscribe, but, <laughs> but you know, I, in the race, we saw the resurgence of Celestino Vietti, another consistent performance from Aaron Connette, and Augusto Fernandez in third with another good race. Your favorite rider, Jake Dixon, is there in fourth. I mean, he's a close second to Polo Spargaro. And then another fifth place for Marcel Schroeder, another pretty good finish Pedro Acosta finishing right behind him in six but I mean I, okay I've said my piece about Joe and I'm gonna let that go do you have anything you need to say about it yeah,
1: nothing that's gonna make a it difference. hurt it it, you know I mean, hurt, it, right it hurt it, it did I mean no I mean I I that was the loudest I think I've screamed at a MotoGP rate that was I, I screamed louder than when he won at Portugal you yeah because that to me was just heartbreak when i saw that i saw that bike just go straight in a tangent line and i, I saw the yeah. cloud of dust i think i saw it yeah. back up in the you know it, it. he had gone off and then the camera caught the other bikes coming through and i knew exactly what had happened and oh yeah um i know yep. i was i cussed I him was out so upset and um no and I honestly the ride of obviously the day, personal ride of the day for yeah. me as as soon as he went off, I cannot tell you how big of an Augusto Fernandez fan I became, because I wanted, <laughs> I wanted Jake Dixon to not be on the podium so blindly. Uh, I mean, it, it it's such an irrational. Want that uh, that I I just did not want to see him on the podium, uh, Bo.
0: And I we know are press. We're supposed to be impartial. I don't. I You're not, do doing, a is, You're not this, doing a good I, job. You're not doing a good job of being I, impartial.
1: This is my go, my my podcast. Now. <laughs> I was <laughs> listen. A, I, was I too a, have done
0: a poor job of being <laughs> impartial. I'd- too, if I was but a huge. I, I knew Augusto Augusto I was Fernandez watching that race, in that last corner. I knew it. <laughs> I even said out loud. I said, "I know one dude is cheering for that 37." I was. <laughs> <laughs> I told him, my wife, "Was like who?" I was like, "Don't worry about it." I was talking to myself. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I knew that was happening. But you know, let's talk about Vietti. Vietti had a great race, and this was a big moment because it had started to look like he was struggling week after week. He got lucky in Portimao. He uh, didn't. He had the mechanical. He had a crash. I mean, this was big for Celestino Vietti, and uh, I, I don't know if he if he's reestablishing dominance here. It's going to be tough for the rest of these guys.
1: Yeah, I and I agree. You know, Celestino Vietti has somehow got you know kind of skated by with damage limitation all year long um in the races that he hasn't really performed well in and again this weekend with Aaron Canet as soon as Jake Dixon um or excuse me as soon as when Joe Roberts crashed I was I was hopeful that you know possibly Aaron Canet had had something left but then Charles you Neovida know, picked him off and like, well you know Canet's just going to bring the right, bring the bike home again and and actually you know just finished within eight hundredths of a second of uh, of Vietti. so he gave it his all and, and really made it a good race. But, um, no, Vietti, I don't know, Vietti's in the driver's seat right now, and I think he's at momentum. Again, we talked about it before, It the momentum that he builds simply from kind of getting out of jail free with uh, some of the yeah. instances that happen on Sunday. You know, it's, it's so weird the way that it's just um, – I think you made a comment to the MotoGP um, class that – luck is a big thing a lot's going Fabio's way and and I think you know yep. the same could be said for Celestino vietti right now
0: Oh 100% you could say that and I I thought before about 3 laps before he had that mechanical in Mugello he started to look like he had speed again you know he was making he was 3 yeah. tenths 4 tenths faster than the leaders he was really closing the gap to, and I thought well he'll probably get on the podium at least and that was the moment where I was, because he had languished for the first few laps you know kind of yeah. like an eighth and ninth and i was like what is this dude doing home race you can't do that but i think bigger than that was the fact that he was tied with ayagura going into this race and ayagura gave up 16 points
1: yeah that's tough for Iagura. i mean you you can't you can't do that not to no, not, to Justin not and Vietti.
0: no not to anybody i mean it, it, he can keep- can't do that and, and and it's unfortunate for him that it happened he didn't have a great race, but he did bring the bike home yes. so yeah. that's positive. Um, uh, Pedro Acosta actually did not have a terrible race but he he was not dominant so there's still some time before that happens if it if it's going to um, but we we have to mention Alonzo Lopez who has stepped into that team replacing Romano fanati and looks amazing yeah looks fantastic i mean he's he's in the top 10 every single time i look
1: yeah this guy yeah he he deserves to be be there
0: yeah no he's he's definitely deserves to keep that ride and to get another full season he definitely is earning it now i don't know what's going to happen the rest of the year he may crash every time but if he finishes the rest of the year like he's doing now there's no chance you don't bring him in um i believe this was manuel gonzalez's best finish Mm-hmm. at a GP he finished the top 10 in ninth and then Tony Ar- Arbolino really struggled this past weekend he was in 10th but um he did better than Joe Roberts and Cambobier. so what do you want me to say
1: well you know to be said the only thing I can say in Joe Roberts defense is this is actually the first DNF for Joe Roberts this season
0: yeah you know what I don't care he <laughs> did it to me I was geared up for another American win And I knew as soon as he crashed, I was like, I let myself believe. I shouldn't have done it. Um, It's unfortunate for Joe, but I think there's a lot of positives to take from this. He was good all weekend. He was on the front row. He was leading the race by a mile. Yeah. And a track like this, it's low grip. Anything can happen. It is a mistake. It is his fault. But it's just sometimes that stuff happens. But we're seeing a lot of positive stuff from Joe Roberts.
1: Yeah when he pulled out i think he when he was in second to start that race um whenever he kind of got out and was ready to pass i i meant it to to, uh, to my wife i said he's got pace i said he wants to go too and and sure enough he made the pass and he took off and and i was i was on board the joe train after that but uh oh, and then yeah. turn five oh, it I went off the right tracks off. so yeah <laughs> no we
0: we crashed horribly it was <laughs> it was a terrible thing but you know I see a lot of positive things from both the Joe and Cameron Bobier this year. And you know, I, I have to say that there was some improvement from Sean Dylan Kelly this time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 38 seconds off the lead versus 58 seconds off the lead is a huge improvement. Now it could be the track. It could be the bikes. It could be whatever. I don't care. I'm just looking for steps and something to hold on to. And we did that. And I think he is making improvements like we talked about. Um, but Cam Bobier said it, this class is so competitive. If you're just a half second off, you're in 15th to 20th. Right, yeah. You know, th- this class is so close. So the talent pool is deep, but I think this it's the best way, place to cut your teeth to go to MotoGP. And so I think we need Cam to go to a Tal Trans and Tyler Scott to come into American Racing. That's my plan. That's what I got. You have anything else for Moto Two?
1: No, nope. I'm 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 good with that plan.
0: Yeah, you're good with that plan. All yep. right. Well, is there any other talking points you want to touch on in Moto Two? No, I don't think so. We can go
1: straight to uh, Moto GP.
0: Well, we go to Moto GP, and the man at the moment, the man that is just, we keep waiting for a mistake and it's just not happening. Is Fabio Quartararo? Just unbelievable, man. He is. He is killing. He is on fire. I don't know that there's a better rider in the world right now than Fabio, and it really makes me want to see Mark come back at a hundred percent with a decent bike because I want these two to fight it out. Uh, that's well, where I'm
1: at. You're grasping at straws with that. Um, Shut your mouth. Shut you know, your mouth. You know, it's you know true. what?
0: You're the reason Joe crashed. You're the reason Joe crashed, and your poor attitude. We just talked about poor attitudes. You have a poor attitude. I want that, and I'm going to hold on to it, because I what I see from Fabio is a guy that's doing something on a bike that no one else seems to be able to do, and that's similar to Marquez. I don't want to put Fabio in the same class as Marquez yet, but I do want to see them go head-to-head with both of them fit and both having a bike that's halfway decent, you know? Um, but we'll see. Uh, then, but this, before we get to it, let me just mention Jorge Martin <laughs> in a second. And you want Zarco in third? All right. So, what did you think about Fabio? I, it, it's, it's Fabio's
1: mo. I mean, you know, he gets into turn one. If he's leading into turn one, it's, it, it's bad news for everyone else. Lights out. Yeah. It, it's bad news, you know. And un, unfortunately, I think Nakagami. I think you know, Quarteraro might have slid Nakagami a twenty, and you know, kind of said here, bowling ball everyone in turn one if you can, kind of pull that. He the slipped him twenty k. Um, (laughs) so I, you know, no, Fabio though, when he gets it, when he gets into turn one ahead of everyone else, I'm sorry. It's just, it's tough. It's so tough. And I think everyone else knows that too. You know, you know, was a little bit different, um, because of the straight, but man, I, you can't let Fabio do that. You cannot do it. And, and somehow this guy always seems to pull a rabbit out of his hat whenever it comes to qualifying. I mean, you can see. A, uh, you see Ducati strong through practice. You see Aprilia is strong through practice, and and all of a sudden, Q two comes around and there's a Yamaha on the front row of the grid. Whenever the clock hits zero, yeah, you're and right. I, no, he, I mean he's 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 just doing what he has to do, and and you know Yamaha he's he's not again we talked about it last week. He's not giving Yamaha any reason to go back to develop that that engine any further, but. um
0: I mean, so can you they imagine Fabio will. with yeah. a stronger engine though? No, too, though. I, I, th- I think it would be Mark Marquez level of dominance. Honestly, if the bike can do what it does if he now, doesn't have to over. Yeah, if he doesn't have yeah. to
1: override that bike, then
0: yeah. So, part of we know that Fabio signed with Yamaha for two more years, mm-hmm. and we know that. Well, I, I was informed by another podcast that I listened to that Yamaha have promised to hire more engineers and made some other promises to Fabio that they were going to do uh, some real development on the bike in the off season. So um, they got him to sign again. Uh, But, you know, there's not much you can say besides phenomenal about what he's doing right now. And he has, I, I believe it's in the last 26 races. He only has one DNF. Wow. That's pretty That's spectacular, yeah. especially the ride and the way he has to to be competitive. Mm-hmm. So good on him. Now, you know,
1: and even more for the even more implications for the championship because, you know, we're going to get to it. We're going to talk about it even de- in more depth. But Elasius Spargo had a second place locked up, and then and then dropped even more points to Fabio with the blunder. But
0: you know, so so oh. the
1: luck pay, plays into it for Fabio even more, right?
0: Right. Well, I think that Alisha made that Alisha made that mistake just because I was feeling so bad about the Joe Roberts thing, and it wanted to see me smile. So I did giggle. I did giggle when I realized it wasn't a mechanical, and I did say, oh, my God, you moron. <laughs> <laughs> but I, it absolutely can happen. It's not the first time it's ever happened at that level. And Catalonia is a little different, and he probably had lots of things on his mind. And and it, look, it was a it was an absolute mental error. And I I just as soon as I saw him, the moment he realized the race wasn't over, I know he had to be so mad at himself. Um, but you know he he did make that error, and it was a big deal. But I I think um, he did have second locked up. But it was a great ride before that for Jorge Martin and they, they went back to put the full and put the full Olin's forks back Mm -hmm. on the front of that bike and it made all the difference. And he had feeling again. Um, and
1: he also had surgery Monday.
0: He had had surgery Monday. So I'm hopeful that we're going to see the fast Martin. What do you think?
1: I hope so. Uh, You know, Jorge Martin Comfortable on a bike and happy on a bike as a fast rider and, and just so, uh, and just fun to watch. I mean, he's he's just terribly, terribly fun to watch on a bike whenever he's comfortable and, and in the zone. Um, but I mean, I sent it to you, you know, who do you hire? If you're Ducati, who do you pick up? You see what Jorge Martin's capable of. You see what he likes on the bike. Um, and, or do you pick up Bastianini, who's, you know, if he doesn't win, he's in the gravel. So, yeah, I think I would love to see this that kind of that factory oh. seat battle kind of unfold just a little bit more. But I'd I guess love to it,
0: see him go head to head. Yeah, Bastionini that too. You know, Martin. And,
1: yeah. I think to be honest with you, I think Bastianini might have a little bit more on Martine personally. I think Martine has solid speed um, as far as one lap speed goes, but I think oh, he's got great one lap speed. Yeah, I, I think Bastianini kind of ha- might have a little bit more resiliency about him though, as far as racecraft goes.
0: Well, I think Bastianini has better race pace, and I think at the end of the race, he doesn't struggle as much with grip as Jorge Jorge Martín did, or does. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's, you know, that's just riding style, and mm, chalk it up to whatever you want. But, um, you know, Premack, the last, when Ducati's bikes got really good, Premack got really good, and... All credit to them for keeping talented riders on their good bikes because they they have the good bikes. And Yohan's... Zarco again, another podium finish. I I don't care what anybody thinks about Zarco. This guy is one of the top five riders in the world, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, fourth in the championship. I mean, it's... I mean, I... I no, I mean,
0: just... That. I can't... I, I just can't find any fault with other than he hasn't won a premier class race. But you know what? Who else can beat Fabio right now? Fabio's going to have to beat Fabio. Now, what I will say about Fabio is that we got that summer break coming up. And after the summer break last year, he was not great. So right. let's let's see if the same momentum swing happens because, you know, he needs that. But, of course, we got to – and we also got to talk about Joan Mir finishing fourth. Yeah, uh, now he was gifted the fourth from fifth. Well,
1: so but, I, there's a lot of there's a lot of speculation in this race simply because of the Nakagami Turn 1 incident, you know, cuz Rins was coming up the inside too and and Rins was looking strong throughout this weekend as well. And yeah, and unfortunately, yeah. Renz just needs to not come back to Barcelona because the Ever. last two years he's broken his wrist in Mar- Barcelona for one reason or another. Um Yeah. So
0: Well, let's r- let's touch on that real quick though. Let's touch on that that crash in turn one, obviously Taka Nakagami's fault. Yep. Um, he takes out Renz and Peko Bagnaya. Huge championship implications. Am I yes. am I wrong? And, Not nothing, wrong. Happens. and yeah. nothing happens. And nothing happens. Why?
1: Right, inconsistent. Uh, yeah,
0: <laughs> I, I don't. Now, I don't
1: get the race steward. The, the no, Ray I don't Stewart either. Decisions or and neither do the decisions. riders. And yeah, neither and do the then, riders
0: you made a point to me about trying to find consistency and you went through all the crashes and talking about it talk about that a little bit the what we talked about yesterday talk about what you found is the only thing that could be how they're ruling talk so the only
1: that. common denominator that I that I've seen recently is that if you are the rider going for a gap and you crash while going for that gap and also crash out the rider that you're trying to pass, you will not receive a penalty. However, if you go for that gap, you make that gap, but the rider then comes back in on you that you have just passed and you make that contact, you then receive a penalty. The problem that I have with that is is if you're calling that irresponsible riding, then crashing in my opinion is more irresponsible then making a pass, and that person that you have passed coming back in on top of you and coming into contact with your bike when they should be able to see that bike, they at least feel it. You know, they're at least going to be able to hear it and feel it when they come back in on it. And they need to stand that bike up just a little, you know, and and not come back in on top of you. So irresponsible riding is still irresponsible riding, regardless of you go if you go down or the the rider outside of you goes down. Now, what I'm saying, I'm not saying that the, that uh, that. And I think it's backwards. You know what I mean? Like I can think if you make the pass and that person comes back in on top of you and they go down making contact, coming back into their line, then if you've got that pass, man, I'm sorry. I don't think I think that's on them. It's that's a racing incident at that point. But however, if you crash, and you if, take up yep. both riders, that's irresponsible riding and that should be penalized. At the next race or uh, you know or if you pick your bike up that should be penalized in that race you know what i mean like you, you don't it, get to backwards. make
0: rules when you get offline i don't think you get to make i, I don't think you punish guys Staying online because they because a guy that was offline like in that scenario you gave there he yeah. goes wide and, and and then you go for the gap mm-hmm. he comes in on you he falls that's not it, your fault I, I, Jake Dixon and, and it's it, not yeah Jake, Jake Dixon and Dickson. Jerez.
1: he took the uh, you know he he tried to to take a hole in um in the Jorge Lorenzo corner. He he claimed obviously his comments were that Ferreira Aldeguer was wide. Fermin Aldeguer really was not wide at all. He was he was no. on a, what what appeared to me to be a normal racing line. Jake Dixon took a very shallow line, lost the front, took them both out. You know Albert Arenas. Yep. In the museum yep. corner at um, at Le Mans. It it was a pass. He tried to make a pass. He lost the front end and and ended up crashing both riders out. I'm sorry if you crash another rider and if you have crashed out yourself and you don't affect another rider, then that's fine. You, you're you know congratulations, Joe Roberts, you just crashed. However, if you take someone else out due to your crash, that's irresponsible riding. I, I don't agree. Know. I I just I agree. To me, there's no I, consistency whatsoever. And yeah. and I'm sorry that to me is is 100 at least a double long lap penalty in a ra- in the next race. At Yeah, least.
0: so I didn't think the thing with Wrens was really anything other than Wrens crying. You're talking about Mugello? Mugello, yeah. Okay. I, but this, there is no question. And you have, you have possibly, because the only person that was anywhere close to me being able to catch and pass Fabio, and he might not have been able to do it, was Pekka. He might not have been able to do it, That's okay. We don't know That's speculation, but you took that out and now you have given Fabio another 25 points lead and you cannot tell me that that doesn't deserve a penalty. And I just. To your point, irresponsible riding is irresponsible, riding. It does not matter if you crash. It doesn't matter if you shove your face in an exhaust or on a tire. It doesn't matter. It was irresponsible of you to do that, to crash. Crashing is irresponsible. It and is. everyone
1: knows how hectic turn one is, so for you to get in there, yes. you know, and there there has to be a level of uh, you know, respect and aggression that's that there's a line that you tow, you know, when you want to get in and make a pass. And and I think even, you know, uh even uh Zarko made the comment. You know, he saw he saw Nakagami go and there they, they all saw him like, oh yeah, this isn't gonna end well. And they knew it was bad news. And then yep, they saw the they front sure go and then, you know, Renz was pitched off the bike, and, and Fabio, or Pecco lost it, and, uh, you know, it was just, it was, and I think, you know, Pecco, when he got, he thought it was Renz, uh, I think, when he yeah, got he up, did. he was upset, and he went over, and, and, um and then come to find out, you know, it was Takanakagami Takana headbutted his back tire, so, yeah well, which, I'm glad by Taka's the way, okay. yeah, Nakagami really is glad that his head his neck wasn't lucky. broken with that, uh, yeah, yeah.
0: Very lucky that he didn't get hurt a lot worse, and it was a pretty gnarly crash, but but still irresponsible, still his fault. Um, Let's talk about, you know, a couple of the other guys that are really just nowhere. Jack Miller, uh, what's happening? Um, Franco Morbidelli, uh, no explanation. Uh, You know, a pole did finish the race. It was just 17th, in case you didn't know that um but what do you think's going on with miller i mean we know what's happening with morbidelli nothing's changed that's that's as you were this year what's going on with miller you know miller likes to
1: defend himself all the time in media um but jack miller also seems to be one of those individuals like you had met, you know you, you talked about fragility earlier i think i think jack miller kind of falls in that in that category to some extent i think that jack miller is letting a lot of uh, news media get to him when it comes to that factory Ducati seat, but I also think that Jack Miller knows that he's not going to be in that seat next year, and he's the KTM deal is all but finished up, you know, from what I understand. Yeah, So I as well. You know, I don't want to say that Miller's completely checked out, but and and I don't I don't think Jack Miller's like that because I think he has a good relationship with Pecco Bagnaia. Um, so for me, it's really hard to pinpoint really what is going on with Jack Miller because it's a second ra- race weekend in a row that, um, he's, he's not been anywhere that he really should have been. So I, I don't know. This one's a tough one to call in my opinion. And I, I really yeah. don't know. What do you think?
0: I, I, I think there's some, there's definitely some setting struggles, but I also think there's a lot of mental struggle there. I, I think it's Jack, um, you're right. I think Jack has taken offense to them not giving him a contract. He's won a couple of races. He's finished on the podium this year twice. Um, he feels like he's just not getting the respect he deserves from the team he's on. But I don't think that's he's not sabotaging or submarineing it. I think he just I think there's that. And then I think they are struggling with settings a little bit last couple of times yeah. for him. Now mm-hmm. I know that he got pushed out wide into the grass. Um, so you know, who knows what that what that does to you, what it does to the bike. That's a very, very, very finely tuned bike, you know, running off in the grass, big bump coming back on. Who knows? Um, so I don't know, but I, I, I also want just to give a shout out to Brad Bender for another top 10. Um, Miguel Oliveira's top 10. And you know what? Maverick Vinales putting it in seventh. You think Maverick's starting to make steps forward?
1: You know, I think so. Uh, my wife called it, actually. She, She's... I don't know what it is that she's all she she's definitely called a his improvement. She goes I think he's figured it out. I think he's getting it, you know. And I I blindly I just want to argue with her because it's Maverick Viñales and I refuse to believe it. But, you know, she doesn't listen to our podcast, so it's okay for me to admit it here. Your wife
0: don't. doesn't listen to our podcast?
1: She's not a supporter.
0: Oh. Oh, I take back all the good things I said <laughs> about your wife. Oh. That one that one cuts deep,
1: Bo. She listens to me talk enough.
0: Yeah, but she doesn't get to hear me. My ideas are the ones that are bringing people in. You know what? I'm done with this. We can't even get our wives to listen to it. <laughs> That's why we have this podcast, Bo, because nobody wants to listen to us. It's the truth. It's the truth. Well... You know, I, I, look, I, I do think he's figuring it out. I, I I think he's getting better. Do I think he can win a world championship? No. I don't care if he was on the Ducati. He's not going to win the world championship. I just – I don't believe in Maverick. It has nothing to do with Apriya. Right, right. Um, and, and you know what? It's been proven the Apriya can be on the podium and win races. It's done it. It's done it repeatedly this mm-hmm. year. Would have done it again if not for – If we couldn't do math.
1: Move. If we could only do right, math, right, yeah.
0: Right. If only there was a way – to figure out how many laps were left. And I learned from that other podcast that it is on their dashboard. It is on the tower. It is on your pit board. And they wave a white flag. <laughs> <laughs> so we missed all four of those things. So there was a strike four. We missed all four. Swing and a miss. But it happens. I don't think it'll ever happen again. But, you know, for Leish, it was really terrible. his home race there. But uh, he did finish fifth so he had to really give up three places that's how well he's riding right now he's just he's just yep. riding tremendously yep um what else you got about MotoGP?
1: that's it man i, I think that's all good for me what about you
0: well I, I i do want to mention fabio Di because he had some really good moments this past weekend and he's starting to figure it out at this level don't you think
1: um, it's, it's a steady progression forward, I
0: think. So right. I think it is show. I don't showing, think, he, so. I don't think he's top five. I just think, no, 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 I just no. think, yeah. yeah, he's not at the back of the pack. Now he's starting to figure it out. Marco Bazecchi also crashed out That's unfortunate for him. He wasn't really having a great weekend, but. You it, know, at
1: least Luca Marini still steady as a, you know, solid he's as a rock.
0: Steady as you go. Luca Marini is an oddity. You know, I, I wonder, we'll have to go back and look and see how many races in a row he's finished because it's a lot. And do you keep a, I would keep a guy like that in MotoGP for a very long time, wouldn't you? 100%. Maybe not as my number 1 rider, but as the guy getting us points for the team championship and constructor championship. Nope. 100%. So, all right, man. Well, uh, bo, is that it for you?
1: Yeah, man. I think that's it.
0: Well, listen, everybody, thanks so much for listening. If you're going out there to ride this weekend, I know there's some races out at CMP, CCS. Keep that shiny side up, that rubber side down. Stay safe. And if you're not following us on social media, please do. We're at Parked and Turn 1 and Facebook and Instagram. And uh, we are so happy to be doing this, even though our wives don't care. <laughs> and um, I enjoy it every time. So I'm Jason, a.k.a. Captain Novice, saying good night with my man, Bo.